Hello, this is Angie Meadows. This is The Rocker Recovery. We're coming to you from Expression Studio in Huntington, West Virginia. We're glad to have you for this radio show. Also be aired on my podcast called Rocker Recovery. You can find the PDF on enablersjourney.com. And this is Seven Pillars of Wisdom Study. Lesson number nine. We've been studying Proverbs 9.1. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up her seven pillars. And so as we have thought about the different pillars to build our lives on, I have come up with seven that I thought would be a good start. And then we can add others as we go along through life. So we have the fear of the Lord as the foundation of wisdom. And then our covering is wisdom itself. And wisdom is personified. And to be personified means that wisdom is like a person. So if wisdom was like a person, wisdom would be Jesus Christ because he is our wisdom. He is our foundation. The seven pillars we've been studying are understanding, discernment, truth, righteousness, and today we will start knowledge, and then we will follow up with instruction and prudence. When I do word studies, I go throughout the Bible and I look up that one word. For example, when I looked up understanding, there were hundreds of verses on understanding, and we just pulled out a few. So as I'm studying knowledge, there are many, many verses on knowledge, and we're only pulling out a few. So I hope this whets your appetite to really dive into the topic and focus on it and pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you more truth about it. These are exciting studies as we put together the pieces of what knowledge might mean. So let's get started. The first thing that I do is I look up in the dictionary what the word means. And knowledge means understanding truth through facts or through reasoning. A cognition means we're using our mental abilities. The first scripture is in Exodus 31.3. The question says, Who filled this man with artistic knowledge? It's the Lord speaking. Then the Lord said to Moses, He says, I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with the skill, the ability, and the knowledge in all kinds of crafts. He's talking about a man named Bezalel. He's the son of Uri, the son of Hur, in the tribe of Judah. Now, who filled him with this knowledge? Well, it was Almighty God that had done this. And he did it for the purpose of his glory, because this man was going to be a craftsman for the temple of the Lord. So any knowledge that I have, or that I possess, or any gift that I have... It is a gift of God. It is a gift from God. There is no reason for me to ever boast about it. Number two, the verse is Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10. What did Solomon ask God for? He said, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So Solomon asked God for wisdom and knowledge. Number three, Job 36.12 What might happen if we don't listen? But if they do not listen, they will perish by the sword and die without knowledge. That's in Job 36.12 That is what the friend of Job is saying. His name is Elihu. And he's telling Job that when people don't listen, they perish by the sword and they die without knowledge. Number four. Psalms 14. Four. The question is, who will never learn or have no knowledge? Will evil doers never learn? Those who devour my people as men eat bread and who do not call on the Lord 
Now the King James Version says, Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge? So those that are considered evil doers are aligned with those without knowledge, those that devour the people. And they also refuse to call on the name of the Lord. So did you hear the answer to the next question? Why do they have no knowledge? It's because they refuse to call on the name of the Lord. 26 or 27 years ago when I started walking with the Lord, I did not have any knowledge concerning the Lord in the way that I do now. And my life was characterized by confusion. But as I started following Christ, little by little, that confusion started to become unraveled. So if there's a lot of confusion in your home, or confusion in your mind, or in your heart, a lot of emotional ups and downs, then you have not received the knowledge of God. And that is a gift that you should ask for, just like Solomon did. Number five, Psalms 94.10. Who teaches man? Does he who disciplines nations not punish? Does he who teaches man lack knowledge? So who teaches man? Well, God does. And how do you think he teaches us? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.19, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. For me, God teaches me through the Word. He teaches me through the Holy Spirit. Remember how the Holy Spirit teaches us and comforts us and guides us? He teaches us through preaching and through other believers as we come together and learn from each other. Number six, Psalms 119.66. What is the psalmist asking God to teach him? He says, teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. So he's asking God for knowledge and good judgment. And what gives us the motivation to ask for knowledge and good judgment? Did you hear it in the second part of that verse? For I believe in your commands. So the more we believe in God's commands, the more we believe in the word of God, the more that we will know that we don't know things, that we don't have understanding. And we will ask God for this knowledge and this good judgment. Number seven, Proverbs 1, 4. What is the purpose of Proverbs? For giving prudence to the simple knowledge, and discretion to the young. So knowledge comes from Proverbs. Now, I've always heard that when you read Proverbs every day, a chapter corresponding to the day of the month, that you will read through Proverbs 12 times in a year. And I often do that. And I have been doing that this year quite regularly. And as you do, you have knowledge of the behaviors of men and how to relate to people You also have discernment to be able to discern what is in their heart by listening to what comes out their mouth and by watching their actions to see if it backs up what they are saying. So there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom that comes from Proverbs. Now, Psalms, if you read five Psalms a day, you'll get through the Psalms every month. And in Psalms, it teaches us how to worship God and how to relate to God and how to fill up our heart with joy and praise to him. So if I'm sad, if I'm sorrowful, I can just hang out into the Psalms. I'll hang out there three times a day. And as I do, I'll just learn to praise him and worship him and get my focus off of my problems and my focus onto a mighty God. And in my suffering, I will learn to know him. Now let's move on down to Proverbs 1, 5. The wise receive what? Let the wise listen and add to their learning, 
Did you hear it? The wise, when they listen with their spiritual ears, they will add to their learning. Now, what do the discerning receive? Let's read the last part of verse 5. And let the discerning get guidance. So if you need guidance for your life, if you need to know which direction to take, that's when we ask the Lord for more wisdom and knowledge. Now let's go to number 8, Proverbs 1, 7. What is the beginning of knowledge? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We have looked at this verse before, but we don't ever want to pass over it. The fear of the Lord, the reverence, the respect, the awe, the uplifting of the name of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, the next part to this question is, what do fools despise? So let's read the last half of verse 7. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, wisdom and discipline is like wisdom and instruction. So whenever you talk about discipline, you're talking about instructions. So if you are attempting to give someone instruction and they refuse it or they roll their eyes or they walk away, well, they don't have the fear of the Lord, nor do they have wisdom. So while your children are small, practice with giving them instructions. I used to give them one instruction, uh, go get your shoes. And then I started giving them several instructions. Uh, get your socks out of the third drawer, the blue ones. Now go get your shoes, then go get your coat. And as I did this, I would add three, four, five instructions all at once. I'd have them stand right in front of me, look me in the eyes, and count as I gave them instructions. And it was a game to see if they could get all five instructions without having to come back and ask. So I was training them to listen. I was training them to focus. I was training them to follow instructions and to remember the instructions that I had given them until they could fulfill them. And this has served them well all the days of their young lives. My son Christopher, his reputation preceded him. So when he went to apply for a job, he had his name written on the application and the woman looked across the table and said, when can you start? And then later on, the boss came to him and said, you're the only one that knows how to clean a bathroom. So you're going to be the next assistant manager. Now, he wasn't even quite old enough to be an assistant manager, but they gave him the elevated position because of his attentiveness to instructions. And I had taught him well how to clean a bathroom. I had listed 10 things that he needed to do, and he had to pass inspection after he got done. So I would send him to the bathroom with this list of instructions. He would fulfill them all. He would come back, and his duty was to stand at my feet and tell me he was finished and ask for his inspection. Then once he had his inspection, then I could continue to instruct him if he did not understand how to clean the bathroom. And this made him a very good employee. He often thanks me now for the attention to his training when he was small. So if there is any area in your children's life where they are not giving you peace, pray about that area and ask the Lord how you could train the child in that area. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So a lot of times we're missing training. We just bark instructions or we just do it on the fly, but we don't sit down and train them. We just react whenever there's a crisis or 
uh, whenever the child's having a meltdown or whenever there's problems, but we don't specifically stop and take the time to train them. And that will serve us well and save a lot of time later on. So number nine, Proverbs 1, 22. What does the Bible call those who hate knowledge? How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Did you hear it? Fools hate knowledge. So God calls the ones that will not receive knowledge and instruction. He calls them fools. Number 10, Proverbs 1, 29. What must we love? Since they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Well, the opposite of hating something maybe loving it. So I don't want to hate knowledge. I want to love knowledge. So what must we choose? The second part of that verse said they did not choose to fear the Lord. So we must purpose to choose to fear the Lord. So now let's read through Proverbs 1, 24 through 33 and pull out the main words. But since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, I, in turn, will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and they spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So let's look at the negative words here. They rejected. They would not give heed. They ignored advice. They would not accept rebuke. They hated knowledge. They did not choose to fear the Lord. There it is again. They would not accept advice. They spurned rebuke. The Bible calls individuals like these wayward and complacent and fools. Now he says there's going to be calamity come, a storm, a whirlwind, a disaster, distress, trouble that overwhelms them, and that they will eat of the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Now, the answer of the Lord is, just listen. You know, verse 33, he says, whoever listens, just listen. You'll live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Now, that does not mean that nothing bad will happen to us. What it means is that when things are happening to us that may not be what we would consider good, we will have the safety of the Lord. We will trust God and we will know that we're right in the palm of his hands and that we won't have any fear. Number 11, Proverbs 2, 3. How do we receive insight? Now, insight is also knowledge. It's translated insight in the NIV and knowledge in the King's James. So let's read the verse. And if you call out for insight or knowledge and cry aloud for understanding. So how do we receive it? Well, we call out for it. We ask God to give it to us. And then we cry aloud for understanding. In my life, there have been many times where I have just put myself on my knees or on my face and cried out to God and said, Lord, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. I need your insight. I need your knowledge. And when I walk away, my heart is full of peace and I have his assurance that it will be okay. 
Number 12, Proverbs 2, 5. Understanding of what helps us find knowledge. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So there it is again, the fear of the Lord. Number 13, Proverbs 2, 6. Where does knowledge come from? For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So only the Lord has the knowledge that we need to live a life free of fear and in safety and in understanding with the guidance that we need to walk in wisdom. Number 14, Proverbs 2:10. When wisdom enters your heart, what will be pleasant for your soul? For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So wisdom, when it comes to us, when Jesus Christ comes to us and he dwells in us and when we're seeking for him and when we're walking with him and living in him, the knowledge becomes very pleasant to us. Have you ever seen a person who refuses to open their Bible, refuses to read it, doesn't want to go to church? It's not pleasant to their soul. They're not desirous of it. It's not like luscious candy to them. But when you really love the Lord and wisdom starts to enter into your heart, the knowledge becomes as pleasant as a dessert and you seek for her and you look for her and then you find her. Number 15, Proverbs 8, 8 to 9. The words of God are what to those who have knowledge? All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. So the words of the Lord are just, they're right, and they're faultless to those who have knowledge. So we can expect those without knowledge, without wisdom, to think that the word is crooked or perverse. Number 16, Proverbs 8:10. What is better than choice gold? Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. So there it is. Knowledge is better than any gold. Number 17, Proverbs 10:14. What do wise men do? Wise men store up knowledge. So I know for my husband, he has knowledge that's like deep in a well, like way down deep. So I have to get a bucket and a rope and I have to pull it out of him. And I draw wisdom out of him by sitting at his feet and asking many questions and waiting for his response. The Bible talks about our husbands being a covering for us. And so it's important to allow your husband to make as many decisions in the home as possible. And if he is home, direct the children to go to him to ask him for permission to do things. Ask for permission to go outside to play a game, or to eat ice cream. (laughs) Make sure that they are going to him to ask for permission. And that way they learn to respect their fathers. And as you honor your husband and respect him, your children will honor and respect you. Now let's continue looking at Proverbs 10.14, the second half of it. What do fools invite? But the mouth of a fool invites ruin. So fools invite ruin because they reject knowledge. Number 18, Proverbs 12:1. If you love knowledge, you will also love what? Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Now that word discipline also means instruction. So the love of instruction is the same as the love of knowledge. Now what kind of a person hates correction? Well, the King James calls them a brutish person. The NIV calls them a stupid person. So if you look up the word stupid, 
you find that they are slower mind. They're unintelligent. They act in a careless manner. Number 19, Hosea 4.6. Why are my people destroyed? My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. So what happens if we reject knowledge? Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I will ignore your children. So let's look at this. If we refuse to accept knowledge, we'll be destroyed. Our priest or our preachers will not be full of the knowledge of God. And if we all reject the Lord and walk in our own ways, he will ignore our children. It's very convicting. So if you feel like God has turned back on your children and has turned away from them and they have gone into captivity, into the world's mind of thinking, start looking at your own life. Look at where you may have rejected knowledge and start repenting there. Number 20, Romans 1, 28. What happens if we don't purpose to retain knowledge? Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind. So God gives us over to a depraved mind. If we do not purpose to put God's word in our mind, then other things are put in there that are that are considered worthless. Number 21, Romans 11:33. How does the Bible describe wisdom and knowledge? Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Did you hear it? Oh, the depths of the riches. So there are great riches in God's word and wisdom and knowledge. And these are the type of riches that nobody can take from you and that no one can steal. And these are the ones that will endure forever. Number 22, 1 Corinthians 8, 1. What happens if you seek too much knowledge? We know that we all possess knowledge, and knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So we get puffed up, we get prideful. And what can balance that knowledge? But love builds up, or it edifies. Knowledge needs to be balanced with love. Number 23, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. What can we do with arguments and pretensions or attitudes that set themselves up against the knowledge of God? We demolish arguments and every pretension or every attitude that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. A pretension is also a very vain thing. It's like vanity. So anything that is vain is worthless. So I must take captive those worthless thoughts, self-pity, loneliness, whining, all those things in myself that are against the word of God, and I must take them captive. And that means I put them locked up in a spot that I don't care to think about them anymore. And I instead choose to think about the word of God and about the promises of God's word. This takes practice, like going to a mental gym. It's like taking your negative thoughts and flipping them upside down and saying, I will not think that today. I will not go there today. I cannot fix that. And you change those thoughts and you start praising the Lord and singing to the Lord. And nothing changes in your circumstances, but you change. And now all of a sudden, your heart is full of joy. We have just a couple more. The next one, number 24, is Ephesians 3.19. What is greater than knowledge? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. So there is a love that will surpass knowledge, that will fill us with the fullness of God. Number 25, Philippians 3.8. What did Paul count loss to know or to have the knowledge of Christ? Paul says, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul understands that everything is worth nothing without Christ. Our last question, Second Peter 2.20. How do we escape the corruption of this world? If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. So we can escape being entangled into the corruption of this world by having a knowledge of Christ, by knowing Christ. So let me give you some review questions. Number one, who gives us knowledge? Number two, what did Solomon ask God to give him? Number three, what is better than gold? Number four, what kind of a person hates correction? Number five, if we reject God's knowledge, what kind of a mind will we possess? And number six, what do we need to add to knowledge so we won't be puffed up? Now let me pray for you. Father God, give us wisdom and knowledge to govern our lives under Christ. Let us take captive every thought that sets itself up against your word. Help us escape the pollution and the corruption that's in this world. Let us follow you with a whole heart. Give us the knowledge of Christ. We pray and we ask you to give us the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let us live a life worthy of the Lord. Let us please you in every way. Let us escape the pollution of this world and bear fruit and grow and grow and grow in the knowledge of God all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's do a quick outline. Knowledge is from the Spirit of God. It's the fear of the Lord. It's wisdom and understanding. It makes us wiser. It gives us guidance and good judgment, a vision for the future, blessings for our children. In order to have knowledge, we have to accept discipline and instructions. We need to store up knowledge. Then we will be faultless before Him. We'll have the ability to demolish vanity in our lives and we'll be filled with the fullness of God. Now, without knowledge, we'll perish by the sword and die. We'll be called evildoers. We won't call on God's names. He calls us fools. He gives us reprobate minds. And we are stupid and make stupid decisions and we will ruin our lives. And then there's a balance to knowledge. Knowledge and love need to come together or we will become prideful. And everything is to be considered rubbish or just like trash compared to knowing the knowledge of God. And this is the Rocky Recovery. This is Angie Meadows. I hope you enjoyed this lesson today. If you want to hear it again, you can listen to it on Rocky Recovery Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Pandora. And our website is enablersjourney.com. We'll see you later.